Well, before I begin my homily, just a word of congratulations to Frank Molnar, who's with us today, who's turned 100 years old. He's on. Clap for him. Not only 100 beautiful years with your family and friends, but also 100 years as a Catholic, a good Catholic. So we're going to give him a blessing at the end of Mass today. And uh, Father Craig Vosick, who is a really good friend of mine, he's from the Crookston Diocese. We stole him away for a little bit uh, to help at University of Mary. He is the new chaplain to University of Mary Athletics, uh, and will also be helping out in a lot of different ways. And I'm excited because he's a very good friend of mine, and now he's living here, so we're going to watch a little football later on this afternoon and hang out and catch up. Um, so we're grateful to have you with us, Father Craig, and I'm sure you'll be helping out here at St. Joe's whenever I need you. <clears throat> but my friends, it's, it's, this time, it's that time of the year. It's the time of the year when all types of people across America pray. They pray that their favorite college football team will win their bowl game. And I looked up bowl games because <clears throat> there's like 4,000 of them. And some of them have the absolute most ridiculous names ever. And I don't even, if I was a football player, I wouldn't even want to play in it. Like the Beef O'Brady Bowl. I think they should just call that the Nobody's Gonna Watch Bowl, right? <clears throat> but of all the bowl games, the big five, right? The Orange Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and the National Championship. A couple of years ago, <clears throat> I was invited by a family to go to the Fiesta Bowl. And so I went, and I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with football, with sports in general. The love part is pretty easy. I love sports. I love to play them. I love the manifestation of power and agility. I love watching athletes and what they can do, like the, the immensity of the human person. I love hot dogs and beer. I love the stadium, the atmosphere. <clears throat> love it all. The hate part is also very easy especially for me as a priest, because whenever you watch football or any sport for that matter, either college or professional, it is not uncommon to see thousands, if not tens of thousands of people giving to athletes not only admiration, but adoration. There are people I know that know more about the Minnesota Vikings than they do about their faith. <clears throat> I could ask them when's the last time they won a soup. That's not, wait, that would be easy because it, <clears throat> <clears throat> it's really incredible though how much people know about sports and players and how little they know about their faith. Or how much people would rather like go to a game rather than to go deeper into what it means to be saved. Your eternal salvation. Now don't get me wrong, athletic accomplishments are incredible. And we should marvel at the strength and agility of people, the skill within the athletic world. And we should honor men and women of all skills. But there is something wrong. Something very wrong. In fact, it is sinful to give to men and women, or any person for that matter, adoration or worship. It is a sin to turn Sports into a God. Now, I'm not speaking to fans who are present here. I'm speaking to parents. 
I'm speaking to parents. If you are more focused on your child's sports career than you are on them learning the truths of our faith and their eternal salvation, something is very wrong. If you can make every practice and every game, but somehow can't get to Mass every Sunday, there's something very wrong. So I want to ask you, how much time do you spend with God versus sports, hunting, fishing, shopping, material goods, you name it, whatever. Because where you spend your time is where your heart is. And where your heart is, you will find what you worship. All this is on my my heart as I was praying over the feast today. Because the epiphany is all about worship. In the epiphany, we see men from the east, men who are pagans. They don't even know Jesus. But yet when they encounter him, it says they worshipped him. They bow down. When I was at the Fiesta Bowl, I saw modern worship. 60,000 people going crazy over a football game. And maybe even more, it's on my heart and my mind, tomorrow's the national championship. And millions of people all over America will bow down before the idol of the TV to watch that game. So what does worship look like? I want to give you two examples. The first is the Magi from today's Gospel. First thing we need to understand about worship is that you have to desire to know Him. The Magi... These were not like dumb men. We call them wise men. Because they searched the manuscripts of the East. They studied the stars. They were pursuing knowledge of Jesus. They were desiring to know Him. That is the first movement of worship. To know Him. To really want to know Him. To be the thing that you desire more than anything else. A deep desire to meet Jesus more than a desire to meet Aaron Rodgers. If you think about it, how crazy people go when they encounter a famous person. It's bizarre. I went to a Bon Jovi concert one time (laughs) as a priest. I debated whether I should wear my clerics or not. I decided not to. I didn't want to scandalize people. I think John Bon Jovi would have liked it. But while we were there... We got up close to kind of the front, and there was a lady, and she touched his leg. And she started shaking and crying. Now, I like Bon Jovi, but come on. (laughs) Like, get a hold of yourself. Or those videos of the Beatles. I mean, everybody loves the Beatles, but like girls, like, ah, you know, like, they can't control themselves. That's the kind of desire we need. If you want to encounter Jesus, that's the kind of desire you need. That's the kind of desire that the wise men have. But you know, as vocation director, I traveled a lot all over America. I went to a lot of parishes. And I would say the number one emotion that I see is not excitement. It's boredom. It's boredom. And that is so bizarre to me because... When you meet the Lord, like it says that the Magi, when they encountered him, they were full of joy. 
Something happened to them. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you like, you know, face painting and Jesus chants and, you know, crowd surfing people up for communion. It has nothing to do with the externals. It's the internal. It's your heart. What's going on in your heart? When I was at the Fiesta Bowl, I saw this amazing jubilation. And the Lord said to me, he said, this, this is what heaven looks like. But I don't see that in the hearts and minds of people in the Catholic world. And when the wise men encountered him, it said they returned by a different way. Because when you meet him, you can't go back to who you were. You just can't. Something has changed. You have been changed. And so the first step that we must all have in our hearts is to desire him more than we desire anything in the world. To make him the center of your life and you will meet him. When I began to desire the Lord more than money, power, pleasure, honor, all those stupid things that the world promises, everything changed in my life. Everything. And I don't know if you all know this, but I haven't always been a priest. I was a moron. And then I found Jesus, and now I'm a converted moron. But my life has changed. My life is different because of Him. The amount of people's homes that I've been to, I know who they cheer for. Right? I know... By the huge green and yellow buffalo you have painted on your wall that you're a Bison fan. And I know that by the Packer helmet signed by Clay Matthews that you're a Packers fan. And I know by all the tissue boxes that have Vikings pictures on it that you're a Vikings fan. I know that. Most people have jerseys that they wear. Clothes, t-shirts, some are even wearing them today. None of this is bad. It's not the externals. It's your heart. When Sunday rolls around and Mass goes a little long because Father Waltz is preaching too long and you know you're going to miss kickoff at noon, what happens inside of you? Or when Sunday rolls around and you have hockey practice or basketball practice or it's deer season or the fishing's great What happens in your heart when you learn that there's a holy day of obligation and you need to go to Mass again in a given week? What happens in your heart? If any of those are negative, you're not going to find Him. You won't encounter Him because you don't want to. I am encouraging you guys because I know Him. I have met Him. And when you find Him, You're willing to give it all. You're willing to sell it all. If anybody was going to tell me that I was going to be a Catholic priest when I was in high school, or any of my classmates for that matter, they would have laughed hysterically. I would have laughed hysterically. But when I found him, there's nothing greater in my life. You know, when I went into seminary, I often say I went into seminary and I told Jesus just to kick me out. said, I'll go as long as you want. Just tell me when to leave. 
And he never did. And then before I was going to be ordained a deacon, we have a big, huge panel that, and this evaluation, and it goes on for like an hour. And then you sit out in the hallway and they deliberate to see if they're going to advance you to orders. And I remember sitting in that hallway and in my heart, I just said, Jesus, don't tell me to go. I went into seminary saying, just tell me to go. And when I got to that moment, I said, don't tell me to go. My heart had changed forever. And it doesn't have to happen to just me. It can happen to all of you. But you have to make him the priority. Do you know what he's done? Do you care? Do you know that he made you? That he gave you all the gifts that you possess? That he's been patient with you? That he wants to be with you more than you ever want to be with him? That he has taken on hell and death? And sin for you. Do you know that? All this and so much more God has done for us. How should we respond? Should we not be the biggest fans of that guy right there? Should we not want to meet him more than any other person in the world? Because when I walked out of the Fiesta Bowl, you know what that did for my soul? Nothing. You know what that did for the eternal salvation of the world? Nothing. Most people could barely walk when they walked out of the Fiesta Bowl. But when I met him, it did something. Should we not bow down with the Magi this Sunday and every day of our lives in adoration and worship of the Christ child, giving him the best of who we are, and seek him with a heart full of anticipation of the good things he wishes to give to us. We can love sports and we can be great fans, but God must always be first, no matter what. My friends, if you worship anything other than the eternal God, you will be left wanting more. I can promise you that. But if you worship that baby lying in the manger, as the Magi did, and you desire him with your whole heart. I promise you, like those wise men from the East, you will be filled with joy in this world. And you will receive the gift of eternal life in the world to come.